0: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and joined by my co-host Don Dix, and we are still all, including our engineer, in our secret underground bunkers somewhere in Southern California. We look forward to uh, getting out one day. Who knows? Maybe it'll I don't happen. even know what that's going to be like. Yeah.
2: Sunshine. I've forgotten. Real I people, like. yeah. Not on real people, not on Zoom.
0: The, It'll be um, great. I was watching Tucker Carlson this week, and he related the story. Uh, it was in California. The guy was in jail for burglary, uh, waiting trial, and uh, he may have been convicted. I don't know if he was. He was in jail, but because of fear of coronavirus, and of course, young criminals, young people are at virtually zero risk of coronavirus. Uh, They let him go, steals a car, high-speed chase, they catch and release him, steals another car, catch him, sight him, release, steals another car, catch him with methamphetamine, sight him, release. He then steals the same car, catch him, sight him, release. Till finally, and you know, you forget what's going to happen, is he stabs a man Almost kills him, and that's what it took to, uh, to to actually arrest him and keep him in jail. Well, at the same time in California, a gym owner was arrested for trying to open his business. That's what the authorities here in California think of criminals versus law-abiding citizens.
2: We can add to that, of course, the seven sexual predators that were early released due to the COVID threat in Orange County, one of whom has recidivized i don't even know if that's a word but you know we're seeing this all across the country and it's fortunate that we have in the inland empire uh, some agencies some law enforcement folks that take this issue seriously and so we've invited uh a One, one of our one of our great electeds from Riverside onto the Unite IE radio show to talk about that as well as a brand-new initiative. It's not really brand-new, but it's brand-new to a lot of folks that listen to our show that will be on the November ballot. It's called Reducing Crime and Keeping California Safe. Uh, you can get more information on this at keepcalsafe.org. District Attorney Mike Hestron joins us on the Unite IE radio show to help us understand a little bit more about the article that you just read about, what's really going on with law enforcement in California, and then also uh, to tell us how uh, law enforcement agencies around the state are organizing and organized in order to get this initiative on the ballot in 2020 Mike Hestron, thank you so much for joining us here on the show to help us unpack all of the mysteries behind what is unfolding here in our county and in our state regarding the primary job of government, which is to keep (laughs) residents safe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Don. You bet. Tell us a little bit about your are you aware of this story that happened uh, that Greg was just talking about?
3: Only by reading it in the news, uh, it, it happened in another county and here in Southern California. Uh, but but it, it's you know it's it's not surprising to me that this is that this is happening. Uh, people are being released out of our jail uh, every day because our jails are overcrowded, and then now because of uh, the, the new orders that came down from Sacramento, uh, people are being released because of COVID.
0: Does the, does the state have the authority to tell you to release prisoners from the county jail?
3: Well, no, what they're doing is uh, they're they're put out an emergency bail order so that bail is uh, zero for nonviolent offenses. So that is they do have the authority to set bail at zero. And then uh, they, they obviously the district attorney doesn't I don't have jurisdiction over a jail, so I can't release anybody. But they're uh, my point is, is that they're trying to. Reduce the number of people in our jails during COVID.
0: But of course, this gotcha. is a continuation of a trend that existed before COVID and before coronavirus of trying to release criminals, both uh, from prison and, for, and from the county jails. That,
3: that's right. I, I mean, it's it's really called decarceration, and it, it going back more than five years in California, we've been um, moving towards decarceration, where we're you know changing all kinds of. Uh, Kind of bedrock assumptions that we had about the criminal justice system: AB 109, Prop 47, Prop 57, all part of this movement to uh, get people out of our prisons and out of our jails. And I and I do want to say, you know, I, I'm in, I'm a big proponent of rehabilitation. I think that people that are in custody should be um, pushed towards rehabilitating themselves. So, you know, I'm I, I'm a fan of that. The problem is that this movement of decarceration is about. For the most part, not holding people accountable and reducing the penalties and reducing, you know, make you know, decriminalization, and that is the way they're trying to go about uh, reducing the number of people that are incarcerated, which is the wrong approach because it it, in, it, it jeopardizes public safety.
0: Well, there are, there's a series of crimes that are that were you might think of as violent, including rape of an unconscious person, assaulting a police officer, that are. Now, quote non valid unquote, and subject to early release. But what I've, what I've seen is that the, one of the, these measures of Prop 47 or 57 was that stealing less than $950 is is effectively no longer a crime. It is a, a best site and release. So you see these videos: people are going into stores and grabbing huge armloads of merchandise and walking out the door with absolute legal impunity. I don't know there's ever been a civilization anywhere in human history that has effectively legalized stealing. Well, it's
3: a, it's, it's a good point. And I'll tell you, that's why I'm supporting this initiative. And I'm, I'm, I feel very strongly about it, that we need to pass this initiative. It's, it's a common sense initiative. It's going to make some changes in our current law. It is going to help uh, deal with the issues that you are bringing up. You're correct. Serial theft in California uh, after Proposition 47, when someone goes into a, a store or anywhere and steals something less than $950 in value, that's a misdemeanor. And it can only be charged as a misdemeanor. Now, the worst thing about it, though, is after Prop 47, somebody could do that a thousand times in a row, get caught a thousand times, and the local DA can only ever charge a misdemeanor. So think about this. Someone who's been to prison, someone who's already been convicted previously of a felony, uh, the threat of, a, of an additional misdemeanor either on their record or uh, being held accountable for a misdemeanor is no deterrence. And so you're right, there's a big problem. And so the the initiative that I, I'm recommending, and I hope your listeners will go on the website and, and, and educate themselves, but it would change and it would bring back the uh, serial theft portion so that if somebody is caught and convicted after the second time, the third time that they're caught and convicted of a petty theft, they can be charged as a felony, no longer just as a misdemeanor, and that will begin to give us back a little bit of the teeth and some of the tools that we use to keep uh, keep property owners and keep people safe. Look, people, people, you know, open businesses and that they pour their heart and soul into these businesses, and then they watch people come in and steal from them, and look to the government to Uh, give them justice and protect them and and our hands are tied behind our backs here prosecutors and police and so we need the tools to do our job
2: i want to dig into prop 47 57 and ab 109 a little bit which are the focus of this ballot initiative which is to fix a lot of the things that happen to that i want to ask you before we do that when you have these individuals that do these sorts of crimes they're willing to to go in and steal property that doesn't belong to them. I mean, I know from just growing up and being uh, you know, raised, I will call it properly. I don't know the other any other word way, the way to describe it that to respect other people's property, and that includes property that's in church. It's not yours. You didn't buy it, you didn't make it. It's not you're not entitled to go take it. Are the people that are doing these crimes also individuals that are engaged in other crimes, is this, is this a pattern of behavior in their lives? Do you see individuals that do this kind of stuff that eventually escalate into other forms of crime that might involve threats to life, that might involve threats to, you know, other property? Or are these just low-level thugs that that uh, confine themselves to this behavior? Is this a gateway drug? Is Is the opportunity here that's been created by these propositions set these people up to actually escalate their behavior versus minimize it by, you know, the the, the force of, of law and the threat of prison time. Right. Exactly. I
3: mean, people that are that are going into stores and stealing, they're, they're typically involved in a criminal lifestyle, which means, you know, many times you have the substance abuse, uh, illegal narcotics. Uh, and so, you know, it's not it's not a just a one off. If that's kind of what you're asking. I mean, typically, yeah. When when you when you look at someone's rap sheet, and for example, in California, when you look at someone's rap sheet, rap sheet is our slang term for their their criminal history. Look at that rap sheet for people that go to prison, and my goodness, it's it's a mile long. You know, you've got crime. They, they start out years and years ago with with very minor stuff like vandalism or you know experimenting with drug use, and they graduate on up to you know different kinds of thefts, and and you know, oftentimes. Uh, continue to graduate to to violent crimes so y- yes I think that we're we're opening ourselves up to um, you know when when we have policies and laws that encourage theft and lawlessness we're certainly encouraging and opening ourselves up to to threats to public safety absolutely
2: so I just and I just want to punctuate this point and then we'll uh, give the website take a break and dig into. Uh, what these propositions are all about. And I know Greg has some follow-up questions on this. But but given the fact that you just said that this is a lifestyle, and the whole purpose of Prop 47 was to give people the opportunity to get, uh, you know, it, once they're in jail, to have their sentences reduced for good behavior, for going to school, for getting degrees, for so on. What we're what what I'm reading between the lines based on what you just said is that proposition 47 is a dismal failure because these gateway drugs that the sentences, uh, gateway crimes that these sentences have been reduced for are actually perpetuating the behavior that Prop 47 seeks to minimize.
3: Well, you're I think we're so 57 is the one I think you're talking about where okay. it, it, they're, they're able to uh, that was an incentive for people in prison to rehabilitate, to try to get out and, you know, convince a parole board. So that was the purpose behind 57. So uh, to answer your question, yes, the pro- the problem is, is that even though we're, we're all in favor of rehabilitation, that, that's just smart to push people to rehabilitate and, and better right. themselves and, and, you know, choose a different lifestyle. The problem is, is that that was, when that was sold to the to the voters in California, we were told that it would not include violent offenses. And unfortunately, it was a bait and switch because it did include violent offenses, just like Greg was saying. And that is that, you know, offenses like rape of an intoxicated person, uh, trafficking a child for sex, uh, those are right now, those are felonies, not misdemeanors. Those are felonies in California, but they are deemed nonviolent. And so someone who's in prison because of one of those convictions can apply for early release. And that's just offensive. In ca- in California or anywhere, someone that, that commits crimes such as trafficking a, a, a child for sex, they should serve every bit of their sentence. They should not be eligible for any kind of early release. That's mm-hmm. that it dangers the public. And it's just not the right right thing. Those are those are heinous crimes.
2: Absolutely. And, and
3: that's my sure. and that's my big objection to this. And that's why we're pushing this initiative.
2: We're talking to Mike Hestron. He's the Riverside District Attorney. And there is a brand new there. There is a proposition that will be on the November ballot. It's called the uh, Reducing Crime and Keeping California Safe Act. You can go to the website, keepcalsafe.org, get more information. And Greg, we'll take a break right now and come back and dig into why uh, Mike Hestron, our district attorney, along with law enforcement and DAs across the state are backing this proposition
0: and what it seeks to fix. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. We'll be back after this.
4: For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo.
5: Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona NLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license
2: number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.
0: AM 590, the answer.
2: Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio show, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And Greg, when we have the opportunity to give folks a a, a platform for activism, an opportunity to take it a an issue and – communicate that to the people. I can't think of a better one than the one we're talking to DA Mike Hestron about right now. It is the Reducing Crime and Keep California Safe Act. And Mike Hestron joins us here on the United I radio show to help us understand better what this opportunity is and how it's going to help keep us safe in our homes in our business and in our travels. So Mike tell us a little bit about why this initiative came about and what the situations are that it seeks to cor- to correct and why people should be voting on this in November.
3: Great. So this came about this initiative came about a couple of years ago a group of elected district attorneys got together and and came up with this and 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 gathered the signatures to put it on the ballot. And long story short, it's going to be on this coming November ballot. So we are already qualified. It will be on the ballot. It's called Reducing Crime and Keeping California Safe. And what it comes from, what's it, what the goal of it is, is to fix the flaws of recent so-called criminal justice reform legislation that has uh, been going on in California for about five or six years, ever since AB 109, Prop 47, Prop 57. So, it, it goes in and it fixes some really big loopholes. And I think that the citizenry is going to be shocked to hear. And as I, we mentioned in the pre- previous segment, uh, there are crimes in California that are truly heinous, horrible, evil crimes that are categorized as nonviolent. Why that's important is because under Prop 57, if a crime is categorized as nonviolent, even though it's a felony, somebody who's convicted of it can apply for early release from prison. Well, what this initiative does is it goes, it goes in and reclassifies a whole list of really heinous crimes as violent. Let me give you just a quick uh, rundown of what that, some of those are. You'll, you'll be shocked to hear. Um, And I talked about it a little bit last time in my last, in the last segment, but uh, rape of an unconscious person, as I said, assault on a peace officer, currently considered nonviolent, felony domestic violence, currently considered nonviolent, serial arson, considered nonviolent, um, felony hate crime, considered nonviolent, use of a bomb to hurt somebody, considered nonviolent. So we could go on and on, but the, the bottom line is that, that, that we have to have, we have to fix this because the public knows that this is nonsense. The public knows that, it, that it's, it's not working. And people that are convicted of these serious offenses should not be released early.
0: Well, here's another good one. Assault with caustic chemicals.
3: Yes. Currently considered nonviolent.
0: Assault by a caregiver on a child under eight that could result in death or coma. There you go. Nonviolent assault using force likely to produce great bodily injury is under current California law nonviolent.
3: That's right. So, you know... This is this is such common sense that it really what I'm asking your listeners to do is go on the website www.keepcalsafe.com. But Don, you're right. This is the public can go and get uh, get involved and start making phone calls, sending letters, get their neighbors involved, get on social media. We can do this. We can change. We can take back uh, our government in California and we can start by changing the laws that are supposed to keep us safe.
0: And wisely, you, you, whoever's behind this bought the uh, keepcalsafe.com URL and, and it does redirect. Good. Because people, people will just put the .com on it. So it does redirect to the same website.
3: Yeah. And oh, and, yeah. I, and as I mentioned also in the previous segment, the, the part about serial theft, it also fixes that. Because look, as, as DA, I hear from business owners all the time, and, and they're so frustrated. They, they, want, they, they turn to their government to say, look, I, I'm being victimized over and over and over again. You know, what can I do? What can you do? What can, what can you do to help me? I've got a business to run. And the police, the sheriff, myself, we have to say to them, there's not a lot we can do for you anymore in California. And you know what? The, the problem with that, aside from the fact that, that it's just not right, it's not just, but the bigger problem, too, is that they're eventually going to close their doors because of these losses, and they're going to move out of California. And eventually uh, our society is going to stop working because we rely on those small businesses to keep our economy and keep our society
0: moving. Well, I I read that there was was a hardware store in Riverside and it wasn't one of the big chains, but it ended up closing for this reason. People could just come in and steal things with legal impunity and the homeless were just congregating outside. And in both cases, the government that we pay so much money to, you know, I'm sure the police would have liked to have helped if they could, but the law tied their hands and they couldn't help. That's right. That's right. You know,
3: and keep in mind something, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of these thefts are happening in these corporate uh, stores, Walmart, Target. And, you know, they're not even a lot of times the uh, managers of a Walmart or Target, they're not even calling the police anymore because nothing happens. They're just telling their employees when people are walking out the door with merchandise, just let them go. And so, you know, they're just writing that off as a loss. But here's, here's the other thing to think about for your listeners to think about. Most small businesses in this country, and certainly in this state is no ex- exception, are not big, large, uh, multinational corporations. They are family-run. These are the so-called mom-and-pop businesses. And these people are trying to, you know, send their kids to college, make a living. And when, when we don't help them, we don't protect their property. Uh, we're denying them that that ability to make a living, and it's not right.
2: In our last couple of minutes with you in this uh, first half of our show, I want to focus in on the purpose of this show, which is to encourage people to get involved in activism. We hear all the time from people, you know, what can I do? What What do I do? How can I make a difference? This is an area where people can make a difference. Now, you spoke before the Riverside County Board of Supervisors Tuesday morning on this there was a resolution that had been put on the agenda uh the county board of supervisors voted i think what 5-0 or 4 what was the vote 4-1 4 to 1 to support that resolution in support of this on Wednesday evening someone put it on the agenda for the city of Corona's city council meeting that vote went off at 5 to 0 in support of this resolution on your website uh keepcalsafe.org there's a toolkit you can click on that menu at the top of the website and it will give you a whole host of resources that you can use in order to share this information with your friends and your neighbors uh, It gives you a sample resolution that you can give to your city council to put on the agenda uh, it gives you an initiative for a public safety it gives you the brief overview of the four main components um there's There's a whole bunch of fact sheets and advocacy support materials, so you you uh someone put that on the agenda. You came and spoke at Corona. Not that your schedule is so wide open that you can come and speak to all these meetings, but if someone gets it on the agenda, uh someone from you or your office or perhaps you can come and join other citizens to speak in support of of, of an agenda on this, even you know sample letters to your elected officials It's a great resource.
3: Yes. And, and you know, you're right. If, If you get it on your agenda, I'll come or I'll send someone and we'll we'll make the pitch because it's that important.
2: Well, Mike, we are out of time for this segment. Thank you so much for making time in your busy schedule. As you are remote working, or actually, you're you're setting the pace for the office. You're working. You've let everybody else remote work. Thank you for all of your hard work, and thanks for being with us. In order to introduce this to our listeners, we're going to have you back as things progress, so that you can give us an update on the on the, how this is uh, unfolding throughout the Inland Empire. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dominic. We'll be back after the break with more on the Unite Inland Empire radio show.
4: Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net.
5: Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to 5 days or $100 off your repairs CarStar, All-Star Collision The kings of wreck and roll 951-279-9161
0: AM590 The Answer Welcome back to Unite IE Radio the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen and where like Rush Limbaugh, our talent is on loan from God, albeit uh, the macro loan department. We were t- <laughs> we were we were talking in the first half with uh, Mike Heston about the uh, initiative to uh, reform some of these very pro-criminal Prop 47, Prop 57, AB 109. that allows, with uh, our really violent crimes, to get early release and allows theft. Effectively decriminalizes theft of less than $950. And you can see that at Cal, keepcalsafe.org or .com, whichever. And we also started off with telling the story of a true story from California of how a released a criminal from, because of fear of coronavirus. Of course, young people, criminals and not, are at practically zero risk from coronavirus. And how this went. He stole four or five cars. And each time he was cited and released until he finally stabbed a man and almost killed him before they would actually arrest him. Well, at the same time in California, they arrested a gym owner for trying to open his business. And then, and that was, this was a segment from Tucker Carlson. And then he, he brings on Heather McDonald, who is a very, uh, um, astute and wise thinker and has written a book called the war on cops to discuss what's really going on. And we have that, we have that clip. Heather MacDonald has spent a lot of time writing on related topics. She's the author of the book,
1: The War on Cops. We're happy to have her on tonight. Heather, as you are so good at doing, give us the overview. What is this about? It's not just some random response happening around the country. It's part of some larger vision. What's the vision?
6: Well, it's a very bizarre moment, Tucker. Uh, this is not a good look for government. It's made the biggest policy mistake in the nation's history, uh, probably setting us on a depression that's going to take a generation to recover from. And rather than immediately reverse course, as it becomes so apparent how unnecessary this shutdown is, uh, it's, it's arresting the law-abiding and letting the criminals go free. Uh, this is a way to undermine all remaining legitimacy in government. The left is seizing this opportunity to achieve a host of long-standing uh, policy goals, whether it's decriminalization and deincarceration or getting rid of the SATs. But the point is, this is completely unnecessary. Not only were the lockdowns unnecessary, we know that. We knew that going into them, really. They affect the elderly, infirm, not the rest of us. You don't need to release criminals from prison. You can segregate them, segregate the elderly. If there's an, a terrible, terrible outbreak, provide uh, stand-up hospitals, hospital ships. Uh, but what this really is about is trying to reverse the traditional order of, of who government protects uh, and criminalize lawful commercial activity.
1: Why? Why would you want to do that? That's so perverse. Is this, I mean, clearly this is an effort, if you take three steps back, to destroy society because society is, I mean, defined by order. That's why we have a society to maintain order. Why would people want to do that?
6: I think there's such a deep hatred of American freedom, of prosperity, of capitalism, of law-abiding bourgeois values. And the left is seizing this moment. Pelosi has a uh, federal jailbreak provision in the recent stimulus bill that the Democrats have put out. Uh, it, is, it is truly based on hatred, I think. And uh, also, the longer we can go on with these economic shutdowns, the more dependent citizens you create. Well,
1: that's right. That's exactly right. So then you have a, a nation of people waiting for a government check, and that increases the power of right. the people issuing the check. Heather McDonald, thank you so much for that smart summation, as always. Thank you. She's so good.
2: She is so good. The interesting thing, they wrapped up on this notion of creating a nation of people who are dependent on government. And you can see this picture emerging this red state versus blue state uh, approach to dealing with the pandemic, where the blue state, the, well, let me start with the red state uh, governors are about emphasizing their fundamental belief in the limited government. Uh, erring on the side of freedom and liberty and the blue state governors are exactly the opposite. The 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 increase of the administrative state and the increase of laws that continually fence in liberty and freedom and make that pastor, if you will, that we can roam about in in the freedom area smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, You see this all over the place. They even admit it. I mean, they've come out and admitted it. In the era of Trump, I say the protective coating that kept these termites protected has been peeled back, and we're seeing these people for who they are. Even Governor Newsom, when asked by a Bloomberg reporter, is this an opportunity? for you to advance progressive values. I think Newsom was honestly taken aback by the directness of that question because he obfuscated and, and, and kind of roamed around for aimlessly for about a minute and a half and then finished up the answer by saying, yes, we see this as an opportunity to advance progressive values. We see it in Nancy Pelosi's $3 trillion bill where half the money or more had nothing to do with you know giving relief to citizens and businesses that have been impacted by this economic coma that they've placed on this country and everything to do with advancing uh you know the liberal progressive agenda
0: right and you see the political motive and, and as you pointed out they often and multiple of them have admitted Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden who echoed recently Obama's Statement that we want to fundamentally transform the United States of America, and Obama and Biden recently picked that up, or at least whoever wrote his cue card, his teleprompter speech, uh, picked that picked picked that up. So you so said they admit it, and then you you see what they're doing. They're in the Pelosi bill in, across the country is they're using they're using this to try to. One defeat Donald Trump and destroy the economy to to do that, but to advance the, this agenda. And the agenda is, and I think there, you see this with the criminal releases, while locking up law-abiding people. You see this with dumbing down the government-run schools and and putting in anti-American indoctrination, putting uh, also in the universities, in open borders and unlimited immigration. In trying to undermine religion for what they've been doing for at least 50 years, if not more, trying right. to undermine the family, trying to undermine marriage,
2: religion. any sense of
0: traditional morality is the, the aim is to burn down our country and our civilization to build their Soviet socialist utopia on top of it.
2: Which is really me. more of a which is really more of a dystopia the way it's gonna work out. You know, the conversation that we had with Mike Hestron, where, you know, you have criminals uh who should be locked up. You started out the show with that article about somebody that, you know, stole a car repeatedly, finally had to stab someone to finally get the uh uh law the law enforcement Not get the law. The law enforcement would have been fine about locking him up at the first, you know, car theft. But it's the uh, criminal justice system that is has been substantially tweaked to give you know the criminal the advantage here. Um, You know, so when you say utopia, what strikes me is that all of these policies move us more towards a dystopia
0: than an actual utopia. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza recently tweeted, he he tweeted this past week, about the uh, resurgent uh, desire and movement for socialism is that it's like uh, Elizabeth Taylor's seventh marriage, a triumph of hope over experience. (laughs) There's another another story that that, 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 that was... um, Robert Green Ingersoll, who was a a writer and politician, I think he's a politician, but he's a writer of in the 1800s. And he says that nothing discloses real character like the use of power. It is easy for the weak to be gentle. Most people can bear adversity. But if you want to know what a man really is, give him power. And one of the things we've seen here, when with the coronavirus quote crisis unquote is that when these democrat party politicians get unchecked power where because we declare an emergency the governors or mayors get to rule by decree Mm -hmm. and their use of not just tyranny and locking up churches and so on but the petty tyranny of what, you know, you're out out paddle boarding in the ocean and no one is within 100 yards of you until the police come over to arrest you. Or you can buy marijuana, alcohol, cigarettes, and lottery tickets, but you can't buy gardening supplies. But there's an example that I think there was this week that kind of really illustrates this. And this was up in Oregon. Uh, Hair salon owner Lindsey Graham tried to reopen. And not only did they come and threaten to fine her and revoke her license, but the, they sicked child protective services on her, her and her family. So when she tries to do this, lo and behold, a CPS agent shows up at her home to investigate, quote, claims, unquote, that there's, that, 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 that they're unfit. She and her husband are unfit parents and uh-huh. they do separate interviews of Lindsay and her husband and their six year old son. And they're demanding a separate interview with. Her three year old daughter. And of course, you know, when you, with young children, especially, you can lead them into saying all sorts of things. And the message is quite clearly that's a nice family you got there. You wouldn't want anything to happen to them now, would you? It's crazy. And we saw the same thing with the corrupt Miller, Mueller gang of Obama and Clinton lawyers. And how did they get Michael Flynn to plead guilty when to, to lying to the FBI when the two FBI agents who interviewed him didn't think he lied to them. His the right. boy bankrupted him and they threatened to prosecute his son. Again, that's a nice son you got there. You wouldn't want anything to happen to him, now would you? Same kind of tactic, the same use of power. And what we've seen here is what is the Democrat Party Not the rank and file, not the guy who, you know, drives a truck or works on a construction site or what have you, but the leaders, the party officials, they've shown their character when they've gotten power. And it is truly a scary thought, scary sight. Governor Pritzker,
2: you'll spend a year in jail if you defy me. Or the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, who literally has shut down Uh, The aisles you mentioned, you can't buy paint. She's the one that shut down the aisles of what she considered to be non-essential merchandise. You could only go back and buy your fruits, vegetables, and meats. But every other aisle in the grocery store or Costco was taped off. Oh, yeah, you can't buy that stuff because it's uh, non-essential. Get your stuff and get out. Um, We see Governor uh, Newsom uh, you know, doing, doing the same thing in his own way, governor Como and all of them missed. We should talk about this one day, but all of them missed in the midst of all of this, if it was really about saving lives, the lives of those in nursing homes and skilled nursing facilities, they were sacrificed. Governor Como put sick COVID patients, directed them by statute to go back into those facilities uh, percent, significant percentages of the people that have died due to COVID come from these uh, organizations, from these institutions. We need to Other take states- a real-
0: Go ahead. Other states did that to New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania probably has the most egregious example of the government and the ruling class it is the secretary of health. Um, it, it's, it's really a he, but she goes by, she now says she's a she, um, ordered as in New York and New Jersey and other states run by Democrats, that nursing homes must accept coronavirus positive patients by law. But before, just before this secretary of, quote, health, unquote, did that, she took her mother out of a yep. nursing home. Yep. What Safety could better for... epitomize the American ruling class oh, exactly. than that example? Oh, exactly.
2: Same thing with Whitmer. Don't go to your vacation homes, and her cars were spotted outside of their vacation home. We're going to need to take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the United IE Radio Show after a
0: pause for our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are true. The kings of rock and roll.
5: Back after this.
1: On AM 590, The Answer. Welcome
2: back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. You know, Greg, I know you have a uh, story to share with us. I just want to reiterate and remind folks, because our show is about uh, getting folks involved. It is about the most important political office and what you can do. Uh, First half of the show, we graciously had Mike Hestren who uh, came on with us, who is promoting a brand new, well, I keep saying brand new, it's brand new to us, but it's been around, it was originally intended to go on the 2018 ballot, it's gonna be on the 2020 ballot. It's an initiative about keeping California safe and you can get more information at the keepcalsafe.org website. This is a great opportunity for people that need or want uh, something effective that they can do to take this uh, information to their friends, to their family, to the internet, uh, to their city council. Um, This website is packed with opportunities for serving that most important political office, that of private citizen, to help fix Prop 47, fix Prop 57, fix AB 109. Uh, so much information there. It's almost overwhelming. By the time you go through everything on this, you're going to be an expert on it. Take it out. Share it with your neighbors. Start educating them. It's a great opportunity for activism. And I just wanted to remind folks about that, Greg, because that's what this show is all about, Right.
0: Absolutely, and getting uh, Corona City Council 5-0 to uh, to approve this uh, this this initiative, we don't know the, the we don't know the proposition number yet, and uh, the Riverside County Board of Supervisors Board 4-1. Just give me some examples of crimes that are now considered to be nonviolent under California law under these propositions that were were given misleading titles and summaries to help get the to help them passed. So these are now crimes that are considered to be nonviolent and subject to early release from prison. Assault with caustic chemicals. Felony assault using force likely to produce great bodily injury under California law is not a violent felony, but will be under this initiative. False imprisonment, taking a hostage when avoiding arrest or to use as a shield. Assaulting a police officer. Exploding a bomb to injure people, a felony where a deadly weapon is used, and so on. There's a whole whole list of them you can find there. Those are all considered under California law to be non-violent offenses. Assault with a firearm, felony domestic violence, felony assault with a deadly weapon. Under California, under this this trend we talked about uh, earlier about releasing, getting criminals back out on the street to to protect and favor the criminals.
2: Rape of an unconscious person, rape by intoxication, human trafficking of a child, a nonviolent felony. And the whole purpose of this was to put these these, uh, individuals uh, in a position where they could get early release by – Going through a couple of different processes that were supposed to help people uh you know uh, get uh counseling and and improve their lives that's important to do, but it's almost yeah. like getting a uh a pass you know for all of these different crimes that have these these heinous crimes uh reclassified. And I think the, the point that I forgot to bring up with Mike is this thing called incrementalism. This is what the left is famous for. They take these subtle moves that uh, have seemingly uh, good uh, intentions, but ultimately, when you take the, uh, you know when you connect the dots and you look at them over a period of time, it's essentially decriminalizing so much of what it is that is uh, designed to keep us safe. And giving people the opportunity to get an early release. It's really quite sad.
0: It is. In our last remaining time here, I have a heartwarming story of the free enterprise system at work. Applying Henry J. Kaiser's model, find a need and fill it. These two women, Regina Jackson and Sayura Rao, started a business to fill the needs of wealthy liberal women. The two, these two entrepreneurs charged the liberal women... $2,500 for a dinner, provided by one of the liberal women, of course, at which Jackson and Rao tell the wealthy liberal women how racist they are. And it's, 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 a, it's a good exchange because the wealthy liberal women, they, they promise to change. Of course, they don't. They get to virtue signal and they come away from the dinner with enhanced feelings of moral superiority. But, of course, the uh, wealthy liberal women, they don't change. They continue to live as far away from any minorities as they can possibly afford to and go about their life, but with an enhanced feeling of moral superiority. And that's one of the beauties of the free enterprise system. I don't call it capitalism because capitalism is actually a Marxist term. It's the free enterprise system is that whenever whenever two people or more people enter into an exchange, it's because Both parties or all parties to this transaction believe they will be better off having entered into the transaction than not entering into the transaction. No one's making them give Jackson and Rao $2,500 for a dinner. They're doing it voluntarily because they're going to feel better having done so. And no one's making Jackson and Rao do this and hold these dinners. They're doing it because they're making money off of it. Now, maybe they may claim that they're actually motivated by doing good work for society and promoting, uh, and fighting racism. Yeah. Right. I don't believe that, but they're, but, but, but they're, 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 they're supporting their families and they're, and they're making money. It's the free enterprise system at work. It's it's beautiful.
2: You know, when you talk about the free enterprise system, uh, one of the things that comes to my mind right now, and that is a beautiful example, um, Prager University. You're familiar with Prager University. Yes. I think Prager University is doing an incredible job of providing people with, um, you know, five- to six-minute videos that talk about everything from socialism to environmentalism uh, educate people about things like the Federalist Papers. I mean, the topics that Prager University has incorporated into their library of th- over 300 now uh, digestible library uh, videos that can be shared. Well, recently Facebook announced that it's going to be limiting Prager Use Reach. Why, you may ask? because prager u has been deemed by facebook to be sharing false news so what does youtube and facebook and some of these other uh, organizations do they limit the reach of those uh, by you know various different ways of clamping down on the ability of them of these organizations to get their message out But that's the anti-free market. You know, here you've got a great service. Facebook deems them to be false, and they can't share their videos. They're going to have reduced distribution. That's
0: the other side of free market right now, apparently. I would love to jump into that, the big dem tech censorship, but we are out of time for this week. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. radio.
5: Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar,
4: All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo.
0: AM 590, the answer.